Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hi there. Just a quick warning before we get started. This episode contains one mention of suicide. The debate around schools blew wide open in San Francisco when last week the city attorney sued the district for failing to reopen. And in most schools, a fundamental question is still being debated. Whether it's safe to open at all. Everybody has a slightly different reason for for feeling the way that they do. Like I said, sometimes it's economic. Sometimes it's mental health that's the biggest issue. Sometimes it's physical safety. Not everyone agrees about whether to open schools right now. And even if they did, the path to reopening is going to be messy. It's emotional and it's complicated because everyone has their own story. Today, the debate about reopening public schools. I'm Alan Montecilio. Welcome to the Bay. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. KQED reporters have heard from so many people across the Bay Area about whether they're comfortable with students going back to school in person. What is logical for them to learn, thrive, and be successful. And reality is being in school, being with the teachers, really holding them accountable. Some parents feel like distance learning just isn't working. What do virtual learning look like? It looks like failure. Other parents feel like the safest option is to keep their kids at home. Until this coronavirus is taken care of, my daughter's not going back. She, She can keep being on the computer. 
and it seems like people on both sides of this debate are having trouble reaching an agreement. You, you, you got me backed up in the corner as a parent and as an advocate. It, it would be good to get to a place where more families on different sides of the table can coalesce around a common goal. It's been a year, just very close to a year at this point since schools closed. And in many cases, there's no end in sight. Vanessa Roncano is an education reporter for KQED. I mean, it looks like this could drag on for months. And that, you know, for people who are, are afraid or terrified about their how their children are doing, worried about their own mental health, I mean, it's just unbearable to think about an endless number of, of months of this. This is not a new debate. For months, we've heard a lot of frustration um, from parents, a lot of fear and concern and frustration from teachers, too, um, and from the unions that represent them. Administrators are torn between the two and really having a hard time figuring out what to do with it. One administrator described to me what his email inbox looked like, and it was just a series, you know, one email from a parent saying, you've got to reopen immediately. My child is suffering so much. They're not learning. I've lost access to the special services that my child with special needs was getting. I can't work. This has had a horrendous economic impact on my family. This is taking a toll on my mental health, my child's mental health. And other parents saying, there's no way. How dare you think about reopening these schools and putting us at risk. So it's just, it's incredibly fraught and emotional um, on all sides. What are some of the arguments being made for returning to school in the Bay Area? One of the major concerns and one of the key reasons people want to reopen is because they're worried about learning loss. They're worried that kids are going to fall behind and in some cases not be able to make that up and that inequities, that learning gaps that already existed between low-income students and some of the other most vulnerable students and more affluent students will just continue to grow. I'm a reporter with KQED. Would you two be interested in talking to me about why you're here today? I went to one of these rallies in mid-January in Berkeley. Um, It was a couple dozen parents. They were maintaining their distance. Everybody was wearing masks. They had signs. So can you start by introducing yourselves? Sure. I'm Nicole Blackyear. N-I-C-O-L-E-B-L-A. Nicole Blackyear has a six-year-old daughter in a Berkeley Unified Elementary School. She said that her daughter was ahead academically, before the pandemic. So she was faring all right in this moment, you know, even if she wasn't learning as much as she would be otherwise. So even if she falls back a little bit this year, I think she'll be okay to catch up. Definitely she's not getting, you know, the amount that she would get normally in school. That's no fault of the teacher at all. I think they're doing an excellent job with, you know, what they've been given. But what I fear is that, you know, so many students will have fallen behind 
that the amount of time it'll take to catch everybody up, I don't know that we'll ever get back to the level of the quality public schools that we've had before. The other thing she talked about was just how hard it had been for her as a working mother. She's a research chemist, and, you know, she also has a three-year-old. So between the two of them and working a full-time job, this has just taken an incredible toll on her. I feel this is setting women back a lot. All of my mom friends have thought about quitting their jobs or going part-time, um, or just feel like they're doing kind of a bad job all around, both at teaching and parenting <laughs> and working. So uh, I think it's been, it's been hard on us. It's striking to me how you mentioned that, you know, people at the rally were wearing masks, they were being safe. Uh, so so there is a recognition that the, the virus is still spreading. So with that in mind, does Nicole feel safe sending her kid back to school in person? Nicole acknowledged that this is complicated and polarizing. My family's in Canada. They've been back since the fall. Um, it's been completely fine. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to put anyone in danger by doing this. Um, I only say this as a scientist. I feel that it can 100% be safe for teachers and students alike. So in addition to this idea of learning loss, um, there's also just the question of mental health. What do we know about that part of the equation? Dr. Jean Noble at UCSF, who leads their emergency COVID response, she's been locally one of the leading proponents for weighing the health risks and benefits of reopening a little differently. All comers ages 10 to 18 to the emergency department who screened positive for for recent thoughts of suicide or attempts at self-harm was 6%, and that's gone up to 16% in September. So it's a huge increase. She's incredibly concerned, and she says on balance, you know, we're doing more harm to children by keeping our schools closed. I have been advocating for school reopening for public schools because it's a real, you know, I think it's a, it's a public health threat. I'd like to turn now to some of the people who aren't comfortable sending their kids back to school. Can you introduce me to Picolia? Picolia Manigo is an Oakland parent. She has three kids at Manzanita Seed. I just finished teaching. I also was on a call. And just, you know, this is what mornings look like. And she runs a parent advocacy organization called PLAN. It's a Bay Area Parent Leadership Action Network. Her school community is just dealing with higher rates of COVID than some of the more affluent communities in the district. We've had a, a mom that died at seed um, due to COVID complications um, in my daughter's class, right? You know, I, I think that changes your perspective. And her point was that it's not only is it more dangerous, it's less abstract for the families who live in these communities. They're more likely to know someone who's died or had serious consequences. Um, she also talked about the disproportionate economic impact in these communities. 
we have had to pivot to fill holes because of there being a lack of systems response, particularly for our undocumented families who have been locked out of federal aid um, and who've had very slow response from the state. Part of the point that she and others have made is that schools really had been failing their kids for a long time. She expressed some resentment and distrust of some of these parents who are pushing for reopening in the name of equity. We're not looking at a whole child right now. We're just looking at, we want them back in these buildings, right? And what the conditions for that learning in the buildings looks like is not really a part of the conversation. It's just, we want them in the buildings and that's that. Um, so there's layers, there's layers to like what we're experiencing. Um, and there are, um, there are complications that we see the system not prepared to address. I just want to be really clear that there are plenty of black and brown parents who are desperate to get their kids back into schools in person. And there are lots of white parents who don't want to send their kids back, right? So I've heard all kinds of opinions and everybody has a slightly different reason for, for feeling the way that they do. Like I said, sometimes it's economic. Sometimes it's mental health that's the biggest issue. Sometimes it's physical safety. Based on the conversations I've had, it's so individual and really just based on personal experience. So I know that there are some schools in the Bay Area that have opened some. I know that some private schools have been opened. Um, but what is it actually going to take to reopen most, if not all, public schools? It, it just seems like a huge undertaking. First and foremost, public health officials are going to have to give the okay. And that's based on on local case rates. Districts are also going to have to show they have a solid plan um, that shows how they're going to keep students and staff safe. And they have to reach agreements with labor groups, right? The teachers union, other staff unions. And that's proved really tough, um, particularly in some of these big districts. Right now, I think some of the major considerations in terms of those agreements is like, who's getting vaccinated and when are they getting vaccinated? How exactly is testing gonna work? Vanessa, you've been covering this issue, um, talking to so many people, hearing their opinions and experiences. And, and you know, it's, it's fraught, like you said at the beginning. What has been the hardest part about covering this issue for you? I think that to approach this thoughtfully and responsibly means to sit with a lot of nuance and uncertainty and the legacy of systemic racism in this country, right? It, it just, and of sexism. People need to listen to each other, you know what I'm saying? Like people on different sides of this have to be in conversation with one another and move forward in in partnership it really it seems like the only possible way 
to do it. As of Tuesday night, there is an agreement in San Francisco about returning to class in person. Kind of. There's no set date to come back, and there are still other big questions about things like class sizes, schedules. It only covers health and safety standards. Thanks to Vanessa Roncano, education reporter for KQED. The voices you heard at the top of the show were Connie Williams, Leonard Taylor, and Lakeisha Young. If you want to stay up to date on this issue, check out kqed.org or follow KQED News on Twitter. This episode of The Bay was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, Asal Asanipur, and Shailen Martos. I'm Alan Montesilio. Thanks for listening, and talk to you Friday. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.